What's going on, guys? So it is Thursday. That means we've got a Thursday night football preview to get to between tonight's game with the um, New York football giants and Philadelphia Eagles. So first off, well, first off, what do we know about these two teams? Number one, we know that both offenses have, uh, let's just say, had their struggles. Okay. <laughs> and number two, we know that both defenses are actually pretty good. Um, especially if you've been following me, a lot of people would not really realize that the Giants have a good defense because you just be like, oh, the Giants suck, you know, plain and simple. That's about the extent of most people's evaluations. Um, but in reality, I've been talking about this for several weeks now. The Giants defense is quietly good and the Eagles, same thing. Their defense is quietly very good. Actually, I think the Eagles is a little bit better, um, but either way. Both defenses are very good. The Giants generate the ninth most pressure on opposing quarterbacks at 23.9% of dropbacks. Philly is tied for 10th in pressures at 23.7%. So the, the both teams are top 10 in pressures. That should tell you one thing. The Giants have the 10th most sacks at 21, so they're getting home. And Philadelphia has the fourth most sacks. Um, I'm sorry, Philly has 21 sacks. Giants have 15. So Philly is, I mean, we have two top 10 legitimate top 10 pass rush teams right now in terms of getting pressure and sacking the quarterback. Those are two things that often one, most people just favor the pressure aspect of that. I really value both. I mean, you have to be able to get home sometimes too, because good quarterbacks can hurt you when under pressure. So that matters. Um, these past defenses are each of are not really getting a ton of interceptions. They have a combined total of six two for philly four for new york um but run defenses are really good for each team giants are fifth in yards per carry allowed at 3.7 and they're eighth in rushing yards allowed at 106.5 philadelphia is eighth in yards per carry allowed at 4.1 and that's when they played the baltimore ravens last week right so you play the baltimore ravens of course you're going to allow right around five yards to carry they allowed 182 yards last week so that's definitely going to skew this stat line that the Eagles run defense going into that game was was better. So um, they're eighth in yards per carry led at 4.1 and they're tied for 20th in yards at 125.5. But like I said, that's after a 182 yard performance by the Ravens led by Lamar Jackson in his over 100 yard game last week. So um, overall, this uh, this front is very, very good. And that goes for the Eagles and for the Giants. So. That is interesting because both offensive lines have had their struggles as well, you know, and, and especially uh, just based on how they match up specifically against their opponent. Like Philly can get beat up on the interior, right? That, like in this Giants defensive line, as we know, if there's one area that they're very, very strong at, it's the interior with Leonard Williams, Dex uh, Dexter Lawrence and, and, uh, Tomlinson, you know, those those three big dudes that, that can generate a ton of uh, pressure and just wreak havoc on the inside. Um, so the one big aspect of the Giants game that uh, in terms of their defense that has really held them back is their second worst third down team uh, defense in the NFL. And when teams have decided to go for it on fourth down, they're five out of five. So that's not a good recipe, right? Because that basically means that uh, even on five of your third down stops, well, they weren't 
even stops because the team went for it on fourth down and converted. So the Eagles are 13th in third down conversion percentage with 43.5% success rate for opposing offenses. And when you go for it against Philly, teams are two out of four on fourth down. So that's a little bit better. Um, But here's where it gets a little little, uh, balanced out. The Giants are actually the 11th best red zone defense in the NFL, whereas Philly is the sixth worst. So 72.7% of the times when teams get in the red zone, they score a touchdown against Philly. Against New York, it's only 59.1%. So that is uh, something to to monitor there for sure. Um, And okay, so let's get to these offenses, which I know they they haven't been good right on the on the philly side of things we've got injuries right we've got you know no alshon jeffrey no deshaun jackson like, like you know you've, you've got plenty of injuries there especially on the, in the offensive line as well and um the giants lost saquon barkley um that sucks and so both of these de- um offenses allow a lot of pressure on their quarterbacks philadelphia allows the ninth most pressure on carson wentz um, 25.9% of dropbacks. New York has allowed the second most pressure on Daniel Jones at 29.6% of the time. So like one of every three dropbacks, Daniel Jones is under pressure. And and that's pretty significant, right? Like that's like you can't be comfortable as a quarterback if you're under pressure essentially every third dropback. So that sucks. Teams are blitzing both of these quarterbacks a lot. Uh, Philadelphia has been blitzed the third most at 96 blitzes, and the Giants have been blitzed the fifth most times at 90 blitzes. So, um, I mean, it's things haven't been pretty for these passing offenses, right? They, they really haven't. I mean, Carson Wentz is like leading the league in turnovers. Uh, I believe he still is. And, you know, Daniel Jones is right there with him, right? Daniel Jones finally scored a touchdown last week for the first time in four games. He went four consecutive games without scoring a touchdown. So that matters. The rushing offenses, how do they stack up? Well, the Giants, as you can imagine, without Saquon Barkley, are 30th in rush yards a game. Philly is is 13th, but they'll be without Miles Sanders tonight. So that sucks. But last year, when we look at, um, this is kind of interesting, Boston Scott might just be the Giant killer, right? (laughs) Last year against the Giants, he had a significant workload in both games, even even though Miles Sanders did play in those games. So first game, which was week 14, Boston Scott had 10 carries for 59 yards and and a touchdown. And he also had six catches for 69 yards. So that's 16 touches for 138 yards and a touchdown. So it's pretty much a monster game. And uh, in the second game, he only had 19, he had 19 carries, but only 54 yards. So that's a 2.8 average. Um, But he did have three rushing touchdowns and four catches for 84 yards. That's over. That's like 21 yards a catch. Um, so that's 23 touches for 138 yards. So he had 138 yards in each game of total offense and a total of four touchdowns. So, and Miles Sanders played much less in that game. He played like 30% of the snaps in the second game. So Boston Scott, as we know, will be the guy in this one, right? Like Miles Sanders is not playing at all. Um, so we should have a healthy dose of Boston Scott. Now this giant defense is obviously much better than they were last year. Um, I mean, everybody's playing better. The scheme is obviously working out better than it was last year, uh, except for on third downs. And I mean, James Bradbury's there and everything. So you've got some, some interesting matchups. I don't think Boston Scott's going to have a huge, a hugely dynamic game, 
but I definitely think he's going to be a factor, um, especially as a receiver. I don't think he's going to um, – I think they're going to need him as a receiver. So some interesting matchups to look at are – and this is why I believe Boston Scott will be needed as a receiver. So we have Travis Fogum, who's been on fire – uh, against James Bradbury, one of the best corners in football, and especially when it comes to defending big body wide receivers, right? Like I don't like if I'm an opposing offense and I'm reliant on a big body receiver to win my uh, to win against James Bradbury. That I'm not so confident in that because that is the exact receiver type that he really thrives on. Like he did a very good job against Allen Robinson in his years with the Panthers, as I know, being a Panther fan. Um, Bradbury was really held his own against Julio Jones and Mike Evans for many years. So uh, those guys, I mean, obviously are amongst the elite receivers. And he even um, was decent against Michael Thomas, but that, that's a totally different battle. Even though Thomas is a big body guy, that's an offensive scheme that, that comes at you in a totally different way. So, um, he, but he still had held up decently well from what I remember, um, on the season, James Bradbury has allowed a completion percentage of 56.4 and just 6.3 yards per target, uh, two touchdowns, which were both in week one against the Steelers. And they weren't, they weren't like, you know, he didn't get roasted or anything, but he did allow two touchdowns. So that means in the last five games, he's allowed none, zero touchdowns. And um, and he also has intercepted two passes and he's uh, passed, had a pass breakup on 10 additional passes. So just so you guys know, that's a play on the ball, one every 3.25 targets for James Bradbury. So he, if you, he's sort of like, this is why I like Carlton Davis because I see a lot of similarities in, in there in his game to James Bradbury's. Um, James Bradbury is a big physical corner, um, and he, if you want to try and just out physical him, you're you're gonna lose that battle. Like I've seen much better receivers. No offense to Travis Fulgham, that try to win that way against Bradbury, and I just don't like their chances. So on a fantasy note here. Guys, if you have another option, I know I was just hyping up Travis Fulgham um, on my waiver wire video and I and I or podcast, and I really do believe that that was a smart pickup if you did get him. But I don't like the idea of starting him against James Bradbury unless you absolutely have to, right? If you if you like don't have a flex and and that's kind of what you've got, then that's fine, start him. But I'd much prefer you to look elsewhere because in this particular matchup. I think James Bradbury is going to win. Um, I, I think he's going to hold. I think Fogum is is going to catch maybe, let's say, four for 40 yards, something like that. And that's being generous. Uh, so, but when we look at what Fogum has done, and, and this is kind of, if I was to make a case of why you should start him, and it, it would be this, right? Number one, you should start him because you invested a pretty decent amount in the waiver wire form. Number two, the past two weeks, you want to talk about bad matchups. This kid has played against the Steelers and the Ravens, and he's caught 16 passes out of 23 targets. That's almost 70% catch rate for 227 yards, which is an average of over 14 yards a catch and two touchdowns, one in each game. So when you say, well, Evan, he can he can overcome a bad matchup, he's already proven that. I would agree with you that he's proven that, but I think that Bradbury presents a different skill set and a different uh, – like 
it's a it's just a, a clash of skill sets in this one. I favor Bradbury a little bit, but I think that means good things if you picked up Boston Scott. I think that's a he's a good start this week because when you look at this Eagles passing attack, it's like how are they going to consistently throw the ball against this Giants defense? And then when you say, well, maybe they'll just run the ball. Well, I don't know. The Giants have a literally top five run defense. So it's going to have to happen somehow, some way, at least to some extent, right? So I think that um, Boston Scott against this Giants front seven, um, particularly in the pass game, is is some is an area to watch, right? Because Blake Martinez has allowed a completion percentage of 83.3% and 7.6 yards a target. So even though Blake Martinez is defending a lot shorter routes in terms of average depth of target than James Bradbury, he is allowing over almost a yard and a half more per target um, and a quarterback rating of 98.3, where James is like a quarterback rating of 70 is what he's allowing. So um, Martinez hasn't necessarily been torched, but he's given up consistent completion. So I think that where you will see the most success if you're the Eagles is just in the short, quick game to Boston Scott, because I believe Blake Martinez will be on him a decent amount of the time. So I think that is an area where you know we we definitely need to pay attention to and i really think that another battle that's going to be crucial in this one is both of the defensive lines against the opposing offensive line right like Wentz is the second most sacked quarterback at 19 times this season and and daniel jones has been sacked the fourth most times at 16 sacks uh, on the season so both guys have been under pressure a lot as we talked about earlier and they get sacked too because these two will hold the football so both defensive lines in this one should make things very difficult for opposing offenses and against, especially against their offensive lines. So that is interesting. And then the one other huge, huge area of, of uh, really, I think this one single area will and sort of match up will, I think will determine the game, right? Third downs, like are the giants going to be able to get off the field on third downs? Cause they've been good everywhere else as a defense, but they just haven't really been able to get off the field on third downs. Like one of the worst teams in the NFL, as I touched on earlier, and Philadelphia is converting 40, um, sorry, 45.4% of their third down opportunities as an offense, which is the 11th best in the NFL. So um, that matchup right there in third down in any game is a money down. It is, it is a critical down, and it really tells you a lot about a quarterback, like if you can convert third downs. And the fact that Wentz has been able to convert third downs at the 11th highest rate in the NFL with basically, I mean, again, no disrespect to Travis Fulgham. I liked him a lot coming out, but he's a guy that was bouncing around NFL rosters in a, as a fifth-round draft pick just one year ago. So he's Wentz is converting mainly just off of sheer just tenacity and co- competitive nature because a lot of the times he just wills his way to a third-down conversion. So that's been impressive. And the Giants have been very vulnerable, like I said, as a third-down defense. That's been the by far the worst area for them. Uh, in any aspect of defensive football. So if the Giants win third down, if they win that matchup, and they will get the Eagles into plenty of third downs tonight, I think that they'll pretty much win the game. I don't want to say easily, but they'll control this game pretty well. As long as Daniel Jones doesn't turn the ball over, uh, which he didn't last week, and as long as they get off the field on third down, I think they, they could win. Now, as far as who am I going to pick in this one, that's a totally different story. Because, okay, when I look at it, I see this, right? 
I see that Daniel Jones, I mean, uh, the, the New York Giants, I think this game almost means a lot more for them because they finally got their first win last week, right? And it was a, it was in dramatic fashion. Um, and if they are able to get a win last week in the division and then get another win this week after, so they won last week, then they watched the Cowboys lose. If they're able to get then get another win this week in the division and put together back-to-back wins at a point that's not, you know, way late in the season to where it's like everything's over and off the table for them, they are going to move into a position where they're, I believe they'd be just a half a game behind Dallas, right? So that sounds crazy because they'd be two and what, two and five or whatever. Um, but Dallas right now is two and four and they're in first place in this division. So this is a, I mean, obviously I, it's also a very big game for the Eagles, but when I think about it from the Giants, um, just the Giants standpoint, the Giants perspective, I think about it like, Joe Judge has to be looking at this like, hey, we have an opportunity to win two games in a row, right? And when you, I don't care who you play against. In the NFL, when a team wins two games in a row, especially with a young, I mean, look with that, look with a young coaching regime, a first year coach in the Panthers. Look what happened to that team's confidence when they won two in a row. You know what I mean? Like it, it was like, oh, wow. Like we believe it, it kind of gives the team validation of the coach like hey maybe this guy does know what he's doing and maybe maybe everything he's been harping on us for is for a reason and maybe we you know it's kind of like brings that level of optimism that I think is is obviously very important because football team football is a game about momentum right like you put together back-to-back wins in the division especially one of them being in prime time and now all of a sudden these giants are going to be looking at this like hey we're going to win the NFC East. Like that's how they'll think about it. Right. And from the Philly standpoint, of course it's a big game, but this is almost like, I think Mike Tannenbaum, former front office exec for the dolphins and jets tweeted out earlier that, um, I believe the Eagles have won either 11 out of 12 or 12 out of their last 13 against the giants. So this is almost like they've got the veteran quarterback and the veteran coach and they're just like hey you know we got to win this one and we always beat the Giants so you know we're gonna we're gonna beat the Giants because that's what we do so like I I'm not saying they're gonna go into it like that but I could definitely see that sort of being that way that's why I think it's a little bit more of an important game so to speak for the Giants because I think they're gonna be looking at it like we're tired of losing to these guys we, if we can win two in a row, then we can believe and then we can, you know, be right in the thick of things in the NFC East. And with that's with a whole half a season left. Right. So that would be huge for New York to, to pull this off where, excuse me, whereas with Philly, you're in a position where you're like, hey, we're supposed to beat the Giants. Let's go ahead and do this. And then next week, let's get another win. It's almost like one of those trap games, even though it really shouldn't be. Um, and just from what we've seen so far from both teams, I, I think the Giants match up relatively well against the Eagles because it's going to be tough for the Eagles to run the ball. Um, and that's going to make them one dimensional with basically they're going to have to throw a lot to Boston Scott. Like it wouldn't surprise me one bit if Boston Scott ends up with 10 receptions in this game. It really would not shock me at all. So um, as far as my prediction I've got to go with the Eagles here because number one, my heart is sort of with the Giants just because I, I love Dave Gettleman as a Panther fan. I, I didn't want him gone as our GM. Um, and also because I I just, I like Joe Judge and things like that. But when I really look at it, 
there's one variable that that makes me choose the Eagles in this game, and I'm cho- I'm choosing the Eagles twenty to nineteen, by the way. Um, and that's the fact that they have a veteran quarterback that I have more faith in in Carson Wentz, right? And, and I know it hasn't been pretty for Wentz so far this year, but I just think that when it comes down to it in a big game on prime time, can I trust Daniel Jones or Carson Wentz? And I have to choose Carson Wentz, but know this, if you're a Giants fan, I'll be rooting for the Giants. I'm, I'm rooting for myself to be wrong in this one. And, and that's really weird because I, I take these picks very seriously, but I'm, I'm going with the, you know, I'm ignoring the emotional side of me. Um, although I do believe that the Giants can win this game and I do believe they will be extra motivated to win this game um so i'm just gonna go with the veteran the more veteran team with the with the more established um quote-unquote franchise quarterback in carson wentz even though i know wentz has plenty of issues but overall i'm gonna have to lean one point towards the eagles in this one i'm going with carson wentz 20 to 19 on the back of like 10 catches for 75 yards from boston scott so that's what i got for you um let me know what you think and uh you know feel free to dm me on instagram at fair shake football and on twitter at fair shake fb all right guys appreciate you later